Welcome to Hardware Addicts, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. Hardware Addicts is the podcast that focuses on the physical components that power our technology world. In this episode, we're going to discuss a partnership between AMD and Samsung that's going to have Apple using their cash to wipe away their jealousy tears. Then we head to Camera Corner, where Wendy discusses a camera that's so amazing, it has her drooling for a chance to get her hands on it. So sit back, relax, and plug in, because Hardware Addict starts now. I'm Ryan, your tech guide through the universe, and with me today are my two co-hosts, Wendy, a resident photographer extraordinaire and hardware enthusiast, along with Michael, the software sage and hardware padawan. Let's find out what tech adventures everyone has had this week. Michael, what have you been playing with hardware-wise? Well, playing with is a strong statement. Uh, experiencing a massive breakage is more what happened. Uh, so I set up my printer to print stuff, of all things. Uh, say and, no more, printer. <laughs> Got right, it. Printer. Yep. And printers yep. are awful. But this one just completely just like it's just bust. I don't know what happened or whatever. But I plugged it in and it just gave me like this error and I looked up what the error meant. And it's basically all the lights flashing at all the time. And that means catastrophic failure and you have to take it somewhere to get it fixed. And I was like, ah, eh, whatever. I'll just go get it. So did you take it to else. the gun range where it belongs? Uh, no, uh, no, it's, it's, I still have it. It's for, uh, you know, nostalgia. I'm kidding. I don't care. Uh, it's just, uh, I haven't had the time to get rid of it or anything, but it's, I, it was working like three years ago the last time I tried it. So apparently, oh no my gosh, this is really sitting for three yeah. years. You haven't printed anything? Apparently not. Yeah. Not using it for three years makes it not work, I guess. Yeah. Especially if it's an inkjet printer. Yeah. They, they shouldn't, um, sit for that long without being used. Yeah. That's just, that's all yeah. pure user problem there. And I wanted no, to go no, on this no, huge no. rant about how much printers are crap and the fact they've been along for, I don't know, forever, and they're still all complete crap and the drivers never work properly, or you have to install 8 billion applications you don't want, or they're trying to make it so that you have to buy their super secret ink cartridges that have a computer chip that they have enough money to put on to them because they charge you way too much for ink to begin with to verify that it's actually a valid version of the ink cartridge that they want you to use and all of this nonsense around printers the worst invention we need by far that never seems to progress it is literally the dentistry of like the <laughs> medical profession right where they still use metal tools to scrape your teeth there's been no there has been absolutely no progression other than the painkillers that we have in the dentistry field. The printers are the, you know, the, the dentistry of computers, basically. I guess that's an interesting analogy. Uh, and yeah. the printers are terrible. And it, it probably hasn't been three, but it's been a long time. It's been long enough for I don't remember in at least over a year. I still got uh, my rant in, even though this is your fault for leaving. No, me. no, no. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's uh, printers are still terrible because they uh, they don't you know they're not reliable anyway. And, and I insert all the things you just said. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean it. It just amazes me that this technology hasn't gotten better at all with all the companies making printers and making arguably so much money off worse printers. too. <laughs> I, I would agree. I think they've actually gotten worse. The drivers are definitely worse. They practically install malware on your system at this point, you know, so they pop up every five seconds. Hey, 
You want to order more ink? No, I just want like, you to print. Please. Hey, you're out of color. You never use color, but you're out of it. So you need to, and you can't use black now because that's how it works. Like, yes. what? Oh my gosh. You're describing that. That is probably one of the worst ago. things ever with a printer is I just want to print monochrome. Why can't I use my printer even though I'm out of magenta? I don't need it. It is the biggest scheme in the tech industry by far, and they've gotten away with it forever. I really wish one day we would get a good printer company, but at this point, we print so little at home and stuff that I guess maybe printers will just go away, and that will be a good day for me when we never have to print again. So, Wendy, what have you been up to hardware-wise? Hardware-wise, I talked about this a little bit on one of the last episodes of Deal and Extend, but I got a new-to-me HP X2 detachable. Now, the insides of this are really nothing to get excited about. It's not really fancy. It only has 8 gigs of DDR3 RAM. It has um, only 64 gigs of eMMC storage. And it's an Intel Atom X5. I mean, like there is nothing spec-wise about this laptop that makes you go, oh my gosh, I want it. So why in the world did I grab it? Why? It is the touchscreen features. It's really nice, compact size. So while most of the specs aren't that great, it does have a regular USB port. It does have Thunderbolt USB. BC on it plus takes a micro card reader or you can hook up hook it up to mini HDMI so it's it does have at least that but the the compact size is awesome it's built with a super solid case touchscreen works and then it's detachable so you can use it in a full on mini laptop form or you can use it as a tablet it has been one of the most awesome little laptops for the kids to be doing schoolwork on for the last couple weeks. My daughter's been packing it around, working on different papers and that kind of stuff. It fits super easy into her backpack. She can take it anywhere in the house. It's really light. Love the USB-C charging on it. My youngest has used it as in tablet mode, touchscreen only for different schoolwork stuff that he's done. So this comes with Windows 10. It's not even a Chromebook. So it's it got came Windows with Windows 10. 10. It doesn't have which Windows is a great operating anymore. system to install Linux. Linux with yeah, it's a great. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that computers come preloaded with Windows to help you make it easier to install Linux. Absolutely. That. So yeah, it's really nice. That this isn't a Chromebook because I wanted something with that touchscreen capability, something that was really small for them to use in school things, but I could put real Linux on it, not Android. So the first thing that happened when I got it home is I went through the Windows installer stuff, which, oh my gosh, takes forever, got the BIOS updated, and then put Manjaro with Plasma on it. So it's been running. That's that's what the kids have been using is Manjaro Plasma. They've done a really good job with the touchscreen interface. I haven't noticed you know any bugs or anything like that. It's been running great for the kids. And this was an awesome buy. I'm really glad I found this little used laptop. That's awesome. Well, for me, I finally took Michael's advice and found an autonomous desk. And by found, I pulled a Michael and just asked Michael, what desk do I buy that's both sit and stand? Because I spend so much time 
working from home, sitting at my desk, not mm -hmm. being mobile, tied to calls and things like that. And so I thought it would be nice to stand. Of course, I won't get a stool. That would be ridiculous. It's an inferior version of a chair. That's but I just will phase two, bro. Be phase able to two. stand and utilize this desk. So it's made by Autonomous. Right. And the version that I specifically picked up, which we'll have an affiliate link with, because we have an affiliation with them apparently, but this wasn't an advertising or affiliate link at least, is the Smart Desk 2 Home Office, which is absolutely gorgeous. But Michael, you had one of these for a while and you love it. Right. I got the uh, Smart Desk Premium. I mean, technically premium, but it was called business at the time I got it. I got mine uh, four years ago, roughly. And I have been enjoying it ever since being able to sit or stand whenever you want to or active sit with a stool, which is face. No, no. Uh, that is a very nice thing to have. And the way the reason why the the autonomous is a good option, specifically the one I got, is that they the other desks were either incredibly expensive and you'd save hundreds of dollars on this one. But the the reason why it makes it a good option is that it has this pre-programmable uh, pre like pad that you can use where some of them have just up and down. And this has four uh, memory slots that you can program to be specific heights. And you can still do up and down, but you can also have it go exactly where you want it to be. And this is great for many cases, but I needed to get the uh, larger desk because uh, it needs to go up tall enough for me to be able to stand there comfortably. Um, because there, there's the two different versions, like the home and the premium are pretty close to the same thing, except the premium gets a little bit taller and that's kind of like, well, you the know, I didn't need main that. difference. So this one, <laughs> the one I had is $399 and the one that you're talking about is about 479. So these aren't cheap, but these yeah. are desks that last for forever, really. And so far, as long four as you years at least. <laughs> yeah, and these have motor systems in them, so you're not manually cranking them to the height oh, that you yeah. want. You just push a button and the motors go and put them at the right height that you need. And the installation, which I haven't done the installation yet because I haven't received it, but it looks like it's quite simple for a desk. I mean, you're still yeah, putting yeah. together some furniture, but it's, it's doesn't actually, look like you're going to spend hours. It's super easy. Uh, the, 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 the reason that it's actually good is because the holes are pre-drilled. So it, you just you know where to put everything because it's already pre-drilled to put it there, and it's all like the basically the same components are the same are on both sides, so you don't have to worry about like making sure you get the right leg on the right side of the desk or whatever. It's it's fine. And uh, I was speaking of the the cranking things I, when I was researching desks for sit stand desks, I, I I spent way too much time doing like researching this back in the you know a few years ago. Uh, I found a hand crank desk for like $900 that also Whoa. had the crank at the top on the surface. So you couldn't actually put a monitor there because you could, you have to crank it in the way of the monitor to get it to go up. And it's, it's yeah, but it, did it have like a name brand, like a Prada desk yeah, or something? It was yeah. a name brand. Ridiculous Louis Vuitton desk. desk. Uh, I don't remember the actual name of the desk, but it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of name brand, but it was one of like, it was a name brand sit stand desk or whatever. But it was just kind of funny to me because it's like, yes, you want to spend like twice as much money to crank it and then also punch your monitor. Well, look, I look <laughs> at it this way. I spend so much time at a desk. It's nice to have something nice to sit at and also that allow you to stand up. And of course, when you're on all of these conference calls, video calls and things, 
if your camera is not positioned right, right, you can kind of adjust it so that you're not looking weird in the camera frame since a lot of us are spending time in Zoom meetings and things like that. So I, I think it's a good expenditure. I, I'm really excited to get my hands on it. I'll let everyone know if Michael led me astray, but perhaps, perhaps <laughs> we could upgrade you from Padawan here if this turns out. Like you might now just be an is amateur. Is it desk or hardware though? It kind of is, yeah. I mean, I think it's an important piece of hardware. What about? I mean, my chair is also like, uh, you know. Uh, it's, now it's, you're trying to. You're trying to. What about the stool? <laughs> the stools. You're trying to jump ranks, and uh, now you've just gone back to Padawan. Uh, uh, I really want man. one of these, so I'm super jealous of both of you right now. For me, that seems to be the worst part of editing, whether it's editing pictures or editing podcasts. The time sitting in the chair, I absolutely hate it. That's probably why I do most of my show notes stuff at the kitchen computer because I can do it while standing up. There you go. Yeah, that's solution two. Two computers or a sit-stand desk. <laughs> this episode of Hardware Edix is brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new app platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud-native apps. With app platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites quickly and easily. Simply point to your GitHub or GitLab repository and let the app platform do all the heavy lifting for you. It has support for Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, Docker, and container images. DigitalOcean runs their app platform on their own infrastructure, so your costs are significantly lower than with other products. Plus, they built this new app platform on top of DigitalOcean's Kubernetes, providing a smoother migration path so that you can take more control of your infrastructure setup. As a listener of the Hardware Addicts podcast and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free. No, 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 better than free. You can get started by going to do.co slash DLN and get a $100 free credit. Again, go to do.co slash DLN and get started with your $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's new app platform service. I want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Hardware Addicts. So this week, I'm really excited about this story because some people say, I know I've said this before. Some people say I'm a fanboy of AMD. That's not, it's true. But this particular story is really interesting because whether you love Apple or hate Apple, you can't deny the fact that Apple has been wiping the floor with the competition in the arm sock department. Now, I know somebody's going to be sitting there typing a comment. Um, actually, there's this one benchmark I found where it's actually faster than, no. Everybody agrees in the tech world from a benchmark perspective, from performance perspective that Apple's arm socks are wiping the department are wiping out the other competitors when it comes to this thing. Now other, but but who's winning in shoes? That's true. Ah. Not in socks. Oh my gosh. The dad joke. So the a 14 specifically, that's one of the ones that is out right now. And the latest iPhone has been a really powerful chip. And of course, Right around the corner here, probably sometime traditionally in the September time frame, we can expect that another iPhone will release and it'll probably have an A15 chip in it. And we know that Qualcomm has put out some impressive Snapdragon chips out there. And a lot of times they're, you know, depending on who releases first, they're faster for a little bit. But generally, we see that Apple kind of dethrones these when they release one of their new chips out there, especially in single core and even in multi-core performance, although a lot lesser lead in multi-core, this is just what the data shows. It is what it is. Whether you like Apple or not, that's just the fact. It's worth noting that the Snapdragon 888 is coming with the new Samsung S21 Ultra. It's got it. It's an eight core 
sock there with an Adreno 660, which is good competition against the A14, but still doesn't dethrone it. So we don't know what Qualcomm has up their sleeve that they're going to come out with necessarily to dethrone it. And it looks like Apple will continue to take the reins here. And if you were to come up with some companies that were actually capable of beating Apple with the amount of money that they have, with the engineers that they have, there are only a few companies I could think of that would be actually capable of dethroning Apple in this arena and having at least you could say with the Android devices and things, we have the fastest socks out there, the fastest CPUs on the market in the mobile world. And the only company that come to mind for me is AMD and Samsung. Of course, you could probably put NVIDIA and Samsung in there, but you got to have the Samsung and you've got to have somebody who's really been dominating lately in this market. And AMD, you can't deny, has just been absolutely dominant. The king of the CPU and the creator of the most beloved Android brand partnering together. Can I get an amen here? Somebody, come on. I am super excited about this. And one of the cool little tidbits that we have in there, if you rearrange Adreno, then you get the AMD's graphics card brand, Radeon. And that's where Qualcomm got their in-house brand of graphics from. So now we've been working in this space with the graphics on chips like this, and we are spreading into much more powerful devices with the new technology that they've been building over these last few years. That is really awesome. So Qualcomm took over, was marriage result with ATI, partnered with them back in the day, took it over and rearranged the letters there. That's that's so fascinating to me. But now you've got Radeon coming in. And in fact, they released some benchmarks. Well, they didn't release some benchmarks. Some benchmarks got leaked out there into the open to kind of show what this was capable of. It's just, you know, we have we don't have everything verified. They just kind of showed up in some benchmark settings. Some people found it and snapshot it, and they were comparing it against the Apple Bionic A14 that's in, the course, iPhone 12 Pro. And you could see things like in tools like Manhattan, 181.8 frames per second versus the A14's 146.4. And Aztec Normal, 138.25 versus the 79.8 in the A14. The Aztec High School, 58 frames per second versus in rendering versus the 30.5. These are huge differences in performance that I don't think Apple's next A15 is going to include a GPU capable of gaining that ground if in fact those benchmarks are real and it wasn't stuck in some special dry ice or something to keep it cool (laughs) that is some amazing performance there that we would be seeing coming from this unnamed radeon xeno sock from amd and samsung allegedly which has me so excited for the capabilities of what you could do with this because even if they put it in a phone this could also be something that you see them Samsung take and put in some of their laptop lines, for instance, and do a direct competition to Apple, even in the laptop market. That would be super awesome to see a head-to-head there in really high-quality ARM chip-based laptops. I mean, a lot of people 
who are not even Apple fans that I know have gone and wanted to get one of these ARM Apple laptops just to try them out. So I think there's definitely a market here. And I think this partnership between Samsung and AMD could be something to take it to a whole new level. I mean, even the tablets, imagine bringing the Android tablets back to life again is something that people want and use. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's not that the market's completely dead with tablets, but it's not like it used to be. Pretty much if people are going to go get a tablet, they're just going to go get a Kindle tablet, something super cheap, or they're going to get an iPad. I don't know a lot of people personally, maybe it's just my bubble, but I've also seen many tech companies write up about this, that these Android-based tablets and things are practically dead from a sales perspective and comparison. So this could really breathe life back into them because the power of what you can do with the GPU in this thing, from a gaming perspective, from a graphics perspective, from a rendering perspective, really makes the tablet something quite useful again. Absolutely love my tablet. So the tablet I have, Samsung device, I got the end of December. I've absolutely loved it. My daughter's done some drawing on it, using it, you know, kind of as a graphics tablet, directly draw on and done some really cool things. You take the power of this ARM chip with Radeon graphics, put them together, the amount of the you can get so much more work done and you could do so much more detailed type graphic stuff. Personally, I'm a lover of my tablet. I can't wait to see what this combination pulls together to make productivity, art, any of that so much better. Yeah, it looks like a really interesting, I mean, just the idea of Samsung and AMD partnering together to make something like this is just a cool concept. So if it's as long as they're doing something, even if it's the benchmarks are not really accurate, even if they're just close or relatively close to what they're claiming it is, I mean, that would be like a game changer type of thing. And I think that the tablets are, you know, they, they're, people want those tablets, but they're, they're, they're hard to find good quality Android tablets. You can find a ton of garbage, but you can't yeah. really find a good high quality so tablet. Yeah, they've almost inundated the market. Everybody had a tablet out there. Companies you hadn't heard of in 25 years suddenly got a tablet out there on the store shelves. And it just became so confusing to get a good one. Most people do not know these name brands of the Qualcomm's and Snapdragon's or what they mean or what they can do. And there's eight different versions of the same tablet with just different letters on the end. You know, that terrible marketing we always make fun of, Michael. All kinds of things like that that have gone on that I think kind of inundated the market because they were so hot and so popular for a while. And then everybody realized I could do far more with my laptop. But when you start getting into the performance that you're seeing here with these, this becomes at the level of a laptop, which is exactly why Apple took them these chips and stuck them inside of a laptop. And they were performing better in many ways than the Intel chips. So I, I'm really excited about the partnership. Two companies that I think absolutely have the capability to go head to head against this trillion dollar Goliath that is Apple and be able to put them in their place and really give them good competition. Now, not that Qualcomm hasn't done a great job. You know, the Snapdragons and things have always kind of kept up, but they've not been able to dethrone them. And to me, that's been kind of sad that one company was able to come in and just kind of wipe the floor with them. But AMD, this is going to be fire. Lisa Sue taking the stage. Could you imagine, you know, holding up this new, new, uh, 
phone that's going to come out from Samsung. That's the way to so do it. So right many there. geek squeals right there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So we will wait and see what happens. Of course, hopefully this doesn't flop. It could, but I doubt it. You've got two powerhouse companies that have a long history of partnership here that could really bring it to the market and give us some really innovative products. And I'm guessing they'll probably be. Uh, at least on par with the pricing of Apple, likely even cheaper than the Apple counterparts and be able to do some amazing performance there. So we will keep you informed of all of this stuff going on. There is finally hope for us to dethrone Apple in the arm sock world. This episode of Hardware Addicts is sponsored by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the password manager that we use and trust. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your password manager, as well as additional authentications, such as master passwords, adding phrasing to fingerprint security, all to keep your passwords safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams, and businesses to store, share, and sync their sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com DLN to get started for free. Bitwarden is the password manager that I use and trust because Bitwarden is 100% open source. You can A, self-host it, plus B, they have security audits, and they let you see everything that comes out of those. Want that $10 per year premium account? You get one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, or Duo, Vault Health Reports, TOTP Authenticator Storage, and Generation, plus priority customer support. Make the smart move like many of those from the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started for free. If you're like me though, you'll want to give mad support to this amazing 100% open source company and you'll go ahead and get that premium edition that starts at just $10 per year. Thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Hardware Addicts. Okay, Wendy, so take us into the camera corner. I'm so excited to hear you do a geek squeal, and you don't have to really do it, but I know you'll be doing it inside when you talk about this camera that just got announced. Tell us about it. Sing about it. Oh, my goodness. The first time I saw this, I did the geek squeal and the happy dance yes. all over the place. This camera looks so cool, and one of the best things about me being excited about it some people are starting to get versions of this camera for testing and demos, and they've been raving mad about it. What camera is this? It's the Sony Alpha One. Oh. What makes this camera so cool? It's got everything, Wendy. Ev literally everything in it. Everything. It's yeah. <laughs> So I don't want to go mad crazy about the megapixels. We've talked about that before, but there's definitely a megapixel boost to 50.5 megapixels on the system. Now, normally we're like, eh. the thing that makes this great is one of the changes that they've made to the sensor. It is now a backlit CMO sensor. Does that mean like the backlit on your keyboard? No, not quite so much. Instead of all of the wiring that goes to each pixel on the front of the sensor, that is now on the back of the sensor. This does two things. First thing is it lets so much more light into the sensor. That means each single pixel that you have, even if you don't bump anything, is getting more light. It's making the input 
cleaner so you have less noise. The other thing this does is because it moves all of that gizmos and gadgets to the front, they can actually put more megapixels on that sensor and have a sharper total image. This is a win-win in both cases. They are more delicate, so they are more spendy to make. There's just more that, you know, don't quite make it out of the factory quite white. That's a bonus. The other thing that this camera has that is really cool is they've taken that RAM and put it directly on the sensor. There's no communicating back and forth to another board. It is all together in one piece, making that buffer, making that processing power so much faster because the RAM is built directly into that sensor. I know. I'm just looking at the features. And Wendy, when you go to the page, half the stuff I don't know what it means. That's why I come to you to tell me. But <laughs> when I go to this page and I scroll, it goes on and on and on. And on. It's just they have put every premium feature that they've ever had in a camera into this to the point where every other camera just looks boring and pathetic. Like you look, I look at other cameras now and I just kind of puke inside a little bit. Like this is gross <laughs> compared to what this camera has. I mean, it's ridiculous. I want it's one. It's ridiculous. Yes. Well, and because of this backlit sensor and they've also updated the processor for it. So most of the last few cameras, they've had the same processor and they've done a really good job squeezing everything out of it. But the newer processor is so much faster and so much more efficient. So you take a sensor that has allows more light, has built-in RAM to it with an updated processor. That's where you get things like this super amazing eye tracking. It can shoot 8K at 30 frames per second. You can Man. rapid shoot still images at 30 frames per second. And that is all thanks to this upgraded sensor and the updated processor. There's so many things built into this that it can do. It is really made for professionals, especially anybody who wants to use a small compact camera to film things for film creation. One of the neat things about it is they have better sound directly into this camera. So that's a bonus. But it's also great for people who shoot sports photography, for people who shoot wildlife. They've had an eye sensor type thing for animals, but now they have one specifically for birds. And I know for some people that's like, uh, a bird's an animal, right? Why do I need something specific for just a bird? And some of that is because their eyes can be so much smaller. They're either, you know, darker in color, a solid black, that kind of thing and many different shapes. This takes the algorithm and the processing to be able to identify those bird eyes so much better. So if you are shooting this for a living, then you're able to get that sharper shot on that bird because you always want that eye in focus so much better. You have all of these great features and they come back to that awesome upgrade in the sensor and the awesome upgrade in the processor. You can actually edit photos inside the camera itself. They have these They've creative They've had that looks. feature on Wait, other what? cameras for a while now. I know both of my Nikons, I can do editing directly in camera. Um, I'm sure they've upgraded that and make that better. So that's nothing new, but it ah. is something really cool, especially if you're doing a quick edit in your camera and then sending that edit off to somebody 
you know, sending them a JPEG of the picture. Okay. Laptops are, are getting rid of hardline internet. This camera, you can either connect it with USB-C or with a hundred gigabit ethernet cable. What? <laughs> That's awesome. <gasps> yes. <laughs> So you could just directly upload it from the camera with Ethernet. Yeah, you have just crazy data speeds that can communicate between this computer and whatever you're sending them to. Super awesome. It's absolutely amazing. Everything from heat dissipation all the way through like the 4K. So there are a lot of cameras that claim 4K. You get a really good 4K camera, you might get 30 frames per second in that 4K. Not this camera. No, you get 120 frames per second when you're recording in 4K on this camera. I mean, it just goes on and on. I, I cannot believe how amazing the tech is in here. Now, of course, this camera is only $300. So every, oh wait, I must've read that wrong. $6,499, my bad. I was pretty close. Maybe if we get a coupon code, we can get it for uh, 300 bucks. But no, $6,499. What do you think, Wendy? Is that this camera with all these features, is it something that you would trade and give away all of your amazing equipment to get your hands on? I would absolutely love this camera. So am I telling every single person out there to go out and get one? Absolutely not. Yes. This is without oh. a doubt made for the professional photographer who is, you know, making money from it, who needs some of these advanced features. But I would love one. I'd absolutely love one. But you're saying that people don't necessarily need it. But what about the position that Ryan was talking about where when you compare it to the other other cameras that have front lit sensors, I mean, ugh, gross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to flex on people like, oh, that's cute. Look at your little camera there, professional photographer person. Is that, oh, is that an icon? Yeah. I used to have one of those in automatic mode. Now I have this $7,000 camera I keep in automatic in mode. In automatic mode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll show them. No, this camera is amazing. And, you know, I was thinking while we were going through this that we talked about in earlier episodes that when Sony puts their mind to something, when they really put their mind to something, they create some incredible, incredible products. And, of course, we were referencing the Sony Vio back in the day of how an amazing laptop it was. And, of course, Sony also has a lot of products out there that Sony probably wishes didn't have their name on them anymore. But when Sony puts their mind to it, they can. I couldn't help but think of the story earlier where I was like, you know, you need an AMD, you need a Samsung. Sony and AMD team up for a phone would definitely be, be something awesome too, wouldn't it? Yeah. And anybody who is currently using a Sony camera, especially if you're using it for professional work, they've kept with the E-mount lens so you can update the camera body and still keep the quality lenses that you already have. I'm really glad to see them keeping the same lens mount as they're improving the overall camera bodies. I mean, this truly is a full computer system inside of a camera, really. When you think about everything having gone digital here and what it's capable of doing, the processing inside, keeping up with the amount of pictures you're taking. I mean, it's a full computer system inside a camera. It's beautiful. I love it. And even better, they have in over the years, you know, this one doesn't have the viewfinder. Well, it's got the viewfinder, but you're mostly looking at the back to see what's going on as you're tracking different things. One of the problems in previous generations of these mirrorless cameras is sometimes there was flickering. 
And if you're in live view on a DSLR, right, there's a mirror in it. Every time you hit that button, you're losing your subject. So even if it's doing a pretty good tracking, every time that camera or that mirror flips down and then has to flip back up, you're losing your whatever you're tracking person in sports, animal, whatever, you're losing that thing for the split second in time. This camera makes it so you do not lose whatever movement is going on inside that frame the entire time you're taking pictures and you're still able to get them at 30 frames per second in stills. You won't lose that moment where the bird's taking off the water. You won't lose that moment when whoever's catching the ball, right? It's catching those moments are so vital to sports photographers, to wildlife photographers. This makes it much easier to get that perfect shot in sharp focus. Well, Sony, if you want to send Wendy one to test out, we'd really appreciate it. Maybe some of the uh, Sony reps out there, sales reps listening to the show, might want to get one over to Wendy. Wendy would love to test it for you absolutely. and uh, do some videos on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you I was do some thinking, wildlife out here. That would be a blast. It would be. I was thinking because it costs so much money. I have spent this much on building my own PC before. So if I can hook a keyboard and mouse to it and then an external monitor, maybe I could come up with an excuse to own this <laughs> thing myself. So Sony, think about that next time. All right. That's it. Our 29th episode of Hardware Addicts is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show that brings you your bi-weekly tech fix. And if you're not all lit up on tech yet, what's wrong with you, number one? Because this episode was fire with tech. I mean, some amazing things out there. But you can also check out more great content at Destination Linux Network. Head to DestinationLinux.network and check out all the amazing podcasts and YouTube partners available there. There is so much to fill your brains with. Remember, there's no such thing as too much hardware. Learn, build, innovate, and grow. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time for another sock dethroning backlit episode of Hardware Addicts. Hey, Michael, did you practice that before the show or something? I have no. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what, what the camera was all about until after. <laughs> <laughs>